is quite resilient. Fight with wit and write this real shit volatility. Low civility, don't let vulnerability lower your agility. This moment is pivotal. Crucial, critical, our opponent is intentional. Hello and welcome back to Concrete Milkshake, Hot Mob Podcast. I'm Effie Baum, one of your hosts. And this is Seamus. This is Renee. And today we are joined by Beta, who is also known as Beta Cook for Life on the Twitter and a prominent local Portland activist and actor, poet, storyteller. Um, what does it say? I'm all tights, eyeliner, and felony charges. Acrobat nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Concrete Milkshake. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's the closest I get to company. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so on that note, how are you? Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm not doing too badly. Um, I uh, recently had a bit of a personal victory uh, with my um my family and stuff. This is long story, but there's an ongoing lawsuit against a against a real uh, piece of shit stepfather, my mother's widower. And uh, after five years, we finally took him to task for everything he's done and. We're getting what's left of her estate back for my brother's children. So, yeah, yeah, pretty thrilled. Yeah, it's a victory for anarchists who hate their fathers everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in- indescribable feeling of uh, relief, really, more than anything else. Yeah, but yeah. So I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm working. I, I do labor work mostly, so I've been doing repair jobs and stuff. And um, there's been enough work lately. That's so I'm thankful for that. The the rain and stuff is a bit of a bummer, but what you're gonna do? That's life in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we wanted to start with kind of your background in community organizing and activism and anti-fascist work specifically. So yeah, um, yeah maybe you could just talk a little bit about how you got inspired to, to get into this type of work. Sure. Uh, uh, I, I, the first, you know, direct actions and protests I went to long, long, long ago were uh, because of the way my mother used to talk about the 60s. My mother was a history teacher and she was she was real big on, um, you know, historical accuracy. And she was always like, ah, the stuff they teach you in your, in your history classes is bullshit. You know, I'd, I'd come home after school and she'd be like, what'd you learn in, in global studies? And I'd be like, uh, this, and she'd go, well, yeah, write that down to get your A, but I'm going to tell you what really happened. Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, and she was a child of the sixties and, and, uh, um, um, always, my, my mother always, um, went to bat for us. So, I have two brothers and we all sort of had issues with authority growing up. And uh, I always thought we were just problem children, but the older I got, the more I was like, you know, mom sort of taught us to be this way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I I went out and uh, after Bush got elected, um, wait, was that the first one? No, uh, before that there was the, there was the, um, the battle in Seattle. Y'all remember that? Hey, that was my first protest. Yeah. The first time I ever got tear gassed. What the fuck? Yep. Yo, samesies. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was my protest. Uh, that was my first time. And you always you remember too. your first time. Yes. <laughs> and everything just really doesn't measure up since then. Was, <laughs> Unlike the actual first time. Away. I, I, shot, I was like, this is how it is, huh? Like, mm-hmm. it was amazing, you know? It yeah. totally shattered all the illusions uh, about police accountability and uh, I don't know everything it it taught me that um, that what you're told is not necessarily the truth yeah really drove that home yeah I think it taught me that the police are not your friends 
<laughs> right. Well, I mean, my mother got had a lot of trouble with the cops when we were growing up too. My mother, we were a small town. My mom was like single woman who was an atheist and liked to to, to get drunk and and fuck men sometimes, and that's not really a cool thing to do in a town of twenty one hundred people. <laughs> so we had um, we had some issues with the law. Your mom sounds like a lovely woman. <laughs> yeah, she, she was a singular like, lady. Yeah. Really, really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, in terms of anti-fascist stuff, like, what? When was the first time that that was like, you know, more on your radar and something that you you decided to get more involved in? Well, in terms of community involvement, I, I would say like in uh, intentional anti-fascism. Right? I've got armor on my hands and knees, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, you know, when you're when you're dressed up like that with a with a gas mask all the time and the armor, you d- you you can't blend in. You you can't. You know, you're going to get picked out no matter what you do. Um, and at this time, or at this time over on the right, you saw you saw idiots like uh, uh, Cuck Spartan or these other folks that are all gussied up on the right. You know, <laughs> trying to yeah, trying to scare us, right? And I thought to myself, well. Every time I'm online talking to these idiots, they're calling me a beta, right? They're like, you're a beta male. You're, you're so cucked. And I was like, okay, sure, fine. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so that's, that's where the moniker came from. Uh, we, yeah, I, wanted, I was like, I'm, I'll take it back. Because so I made the shirt. Uh, I, I just, I mean, I didn't make it. I ordered it, right? It was zero effort. Um, <laughs> because uh, uh, I wanted, I wanted these, I wanted these, these rowdy drunk brawlers to feel what they would necessarily feel getting physically embarrassed when they were trying to attack <laughs> vulnerable populations by a guy in a beta cuck for life shirt. <laughs> uh, now, uh, that was a long preface, but uh, on August 17th, I was, uh, uh, I was all done up like I, you know, like I do, you guys know how I be. And um, I, it, you know, it was more of the same. I, I, I was just out there walking around trying to stand between uh, harm and those who might be harmed. And, uh, you know, I got mixed up in some stuff that day. There's a lot to, that uh, people don't know about, you know, I mean, what gets sensationalized is typically, you know, just the brawling, just the, the consumable, the, the little bites of stuff. Somebody gets punched and everybody clutches their pearls or, or, mm-hmm. or there's some macing or, or idiots uh, shooting paintball guns or whatever. But, you know, mostly mm-hmm. I was, handing bottles of water to people or um yeah yeah, or uh you know asking people if they were all right or or helping someone helping this old lady unlock her phone that her niece had given her uh i mean the most event most anti-fascist work is really boring and benevolent right Mm -hmm. it's yeah yeah, it's it's, you're you're sitting around trying to google stuff and image searching (laughs) uh but on that particular day, it was just more of the same. I wasn't affiliated with a group. I was just out there by me onesie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there was a lot of trouble, you know. Uh, there were a lot of people out there that day looking to hurt folks. And I, generally speaking, my my method of operation is to insert myself between them and those that they are after. Yeah. Um, which I did pretty clearly before America. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I was doing out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the like mutual support and what is the kind of like mm-hmm. lifeblood of what the work actually looks like and yeah. it, it kind of segues because like you look at whenever uh, you know talking about Andy No whenever I look at his timeline it's like 14 out of 15 posts <sighs> at least are like 
you know, Ugh. railing against Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And it's just this constant vitriol and negativity and tearing down of what is positive, radical work. And so, like, to see folks who are engaged in just community support and just like a really beautiful positive vision for something different and a reminder that the like that is what he is like trying to constantly tear down so i appreciate you bringing that up and that's something that's left out of a lot of like media depictions when like you say there's some sensationalist image to bring up yeah it's it's uh i mean everybody knows that the media is a business you know and there's there's video and audio that is a lot more saleable than other video and audio. Like, you know, you don't get as many click throughs watching a block, uh, uh, hand out water and, and power bars to people or clearing or, or cleaning up (laughs) the trash that, um, police munitions leave on the street. That's not the kind of thing the media likes to cover because like who cares, right? But (laughs) That stuff is very important, and it's it's almost everything that anti-fascists do: helping the homeless, uh, supporting each other with medical expenses, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sitting no, in meetings for hours. Years. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say sitting in meetings for hours, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, when 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 you when when the society you belong to is fundamentally egalitarian, um, it costs everybody a lot of time. It's, it's really easy in an authoritarian society for things to, to move forward. I will concede that point. When, when I mean, a dictatorship, boy, howdy, man, that's an elegant system, wouldn't you say? But is it a good system? Probably not. Expeditious, certainly. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we want to, we wish we had more of your time, but Renee, you want to? Hit me, Renee. Uh-oh, did we lose her? Sorry, I, I was I was just talking into a muted mic. I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> it's not your fault, Cuck. But uh, we were wondering, how has No's misinformation campaign targeted at you impacted your life? What are some things you found supportive that people have done for you? And then what are some things that the community can continue to do for you and others who might find themselves in your position in the future? Uh, those are good questions. Um, well... No's attention, I mean, it was minutes, minutes after my arrest that uh, that No had uh, uploaded videos from Elijah Schaffer. Is it Schaffer or Schaefer? I don't care, whatever. And, it, <laughs> and, um, uh, uh, and of course, like, the dog pile began instantly. And at this time, I still had, uh, I still had a Facebook profile. Um, I, you know, I still had a... I mean, I was pretty good about OPSEC in terms of those close to me. Like, they never figured out who my partner was, and they still don't know. Um, but they knew who I was. They knew they knew about my small business. They knew uh, about the, the, the place I had been living at before the place I was at. So they were on my tail, right? And, mm. and that was obvious. Uh, I have a collection of screenshots of threats that I received directly. Uh, over the GoFundMe that we put up, because then after my arrest, of course, um, you know, the legal fees piled up and the GoFundMe went up, I think about a week uh, after that, ju- just before I went to jail at my arraignment. Hmm. Can you remind folks what your fucking bail was for for yeah. your active community self-defense again? Yes. Yeah, I would love to remind folks. Um, <laughs> my My total bail... 
was around $570,000. Jesus Fuck. Christ. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, um, well, assault two charges in Oregon. Oregon Oregon's really big on person-to-person crimes, right? So, I mean, if you, yep. if you get a drug bust, it's not so bad. But if you, like, uh, get into a fight, you know, and, and, and the cops are like, well, you didn't have to hit that guy so hard or whatever. You're, it's, it's going to be a steep penalty. Um, and assault two charges in particular have to do with an, uh, Oregon's measure 11 law passed in the nineties by what's his name? That, that douche, um, that douche. Yeah, and, and that law is, a it, it's a one strike you're out law. Now people used to talk in the nineties about three strikes you're out in California. And everybody was like, that's so draconian. Well, let me tell you <laughs> measure 11 is a monstrous system and it has bloated our prisons. Uh, my, my, my bail at first – oh, right. That's right. Yeah. So at first my bail was – the day I got arrested, uh, they released me on OR about nine hours after I sat in that waiting room with some lady who had was bleeding everywhere and covered in poop. And the cops just let her sit there for six hours and screaming. <sighs> I used to work in mental health, so it really tugged at my heartstrings to listen to her being abused. Um now, uh, they turned me loose. They stole my shoes, though, weirdly enough. They were like, I don't know where your shoes are. So they gave me these prison Crocs that I still have, and they dressed me up like uh, uh, like an extra from Miami Vice because oh they cut my clothes off of me. Oh, hell um, yeah. Yeah, and they stuck me in a paper jumpsuit, which is just as awesome as it sounds. And uh, uh, so at first my bail was like – well, at first the charges, I had three charges. And the total bail for those charges was, I think, $50,000, which would translate at mm-hmm. 10% to, to get out to like 5K, right? Um, and I want to put a pin in that 5K number for reasons. Uh, we're going to come back to that. But uh, then just at my arraignment, of course, the, the night before I was arraigned, the my uh, prosecutor, Brian Davidson, um, elevated my charges to the tune of $267,750. Uh, That's so ridiculous. Right. I got my, my public defender contacted me that night just before, just after the courthouse closed. He said, I just got word that they upped your charges. At, so you're going, you're going to be incarcerated tomorrow at your arraignment. So I had about 16 hours to get my entire life together. You know, I, I didn't know about measure 11 at that time. So I Googled it and I was like, Oh, I don't, there might not be any coming back from this. So I gave the keys to my entire life, to my partner, uh, all my passwords, my bank information, everything. And I said, um, let's, let's try to cope with this. And we set up the fundraiser, which, you know, that's how I got to know all of you. Right. Um, and then I went away. And then while I was inside, I was, I was indicted, uh, additionally for extra charges and then my bail went from 257000 to 570000 this one glorious day at around 7 in the morning. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, it's interesting to note that in my case, um, nobody was injured. There, there are no injured parties in my case. Uh, no one was harmed. Um, and there are no complainants other than the city of Portland. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going back to, God, mm. we, we could do an entire episode on measure yeah. 11 and all sure, of these things sure, sure. And, and wish we had mm-hmm. fucking two hours with you. But uh-huh. going back to, to 
what happened in terms of like nose release of information uh, and the threat. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Yeah. Yes, of course. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, anyway, no, don't uh, apologize. Oh my God. Like we really appreciate <laughs> the context and like fucking. Horrendous. Yeah, there's so much. Um, so as far as no's involvement, um, I, I knew about no, uh, I, I was actually standing right next to him when he got milkshaked. <laughs> yeah. I got some on me. It was not concrete. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. Yeah, right. Actually, Effie, that was the first time I saw you in person. I, you were up there on the yeah. mic and I was like, that fucking skirt is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I was like, I was like, who is that? Damn. Aww. She got a voice. <laughs> Damn. It was great. So, um, so anyway, uh, I, I, I knew who no was because I, I, you know, I mean, I had been following an anti-fascists, uh, uh, online, for months at that point. So when he got milkshaked, I was like, well, that sucks and everything. But he, he seemed fine to me. I mean, he seemed fine. I know he says he had a brain bleed. I find that hard to believe. Whatever. Mm-hmm, um, his, when, when, he, when he brought me up in his threads, it was a catastrophe for my personal life. I was uh, – my, my phone number was publicized. So I got a – a cavalcade of death threats. Um, and, and, uh, and of course then, uh, after the GoFundMe went up and I was in jail and my, my partner was managing my phone and all that other stuff. Um, I came back out and she had the presence of mind to save a lot of that, but it was just, it's just endless threats, uh, in the vein that, you know, we've all come to, to know and love from the right, you know, die commie helicopter jokes. Mm -hmm. Um, people, People accusing me somehow of bringing a hammer to a protest, which I, I got to tell you, I mean, seems impractical. <laughs> There's I enough shit to carry. Hammer. You're like, you have you water know, bottles right. and a med kit and like others, right. yeah, no, yeah. water. I had clean rags. I don't know. Um, it, it was, uh, it was bad. And, and, uh, on top of the personal threats I received, these people were driving by my former roommate's house. And mm. sending me pictures of the place from the street. Mm. Right. Now, there's something else that I haven't yet shared uh, with the public. It doesn't affect my case. So I'm going to give you guys um, a little treat. Hmm. Ooh la la. Ooh. Uh, the, yeah, right. In the seven days before my arraignment where I was incarcerated, as I told you before, uh, after I was released on OR, uh, two days later, a, I, I had been receiving all these threats and they knew where I lived, right? Or they, you know, so, so I was there and these people are coming by the house and uh, someone came and knocked on the door. And of course I didn't answer because that would be crazy. <laughs> uh, it turned out to be a police officer, a sheriff, as a matter of fact, uh, just knocking on the door. So I let him walk away, but I recorded him walking away from the house out to the street and he was in uniform. So he left, he made his way out to the street, and he got into a civilian vehicle driven by a man in a black polo shirt. Wow. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't get the guy on video, but I got the car. I, got the, I didn't get the driver, but I got the car. Uh, it was a red, a red sports car, a muscle car. I don't know. I'm not a car guy, but it was one of those cars. My, my twin brother's into them, you know, because, you know, he's a... I guess he's just not comfortable with his masculinity like some of us. <laughs> he's no beta cuck. It's the truth. That's why we call him leftovers. Oh. Um, <laughs> ah, suck it, Nick. I hope you're listening. <laughs> um, 
so that was a that was a frightening moment for me. I was like, why is this sheriff here? And at this point, I was still with the public defender, a really great lawyer named Bill Walsh. And mm-hmm. uh, I called him and I said, is this normal for the cops to come to your house and just knock on your door after you've received? Because at this point, I only had the, the bupkis charges, right? This was before they upped my charges to assault two and stuff. So I didn't have a felony charge at this time. Um, and my lawyer said, that is neither normal nor procedural. Hmm. And he came back. That cop came back for two days. What? Yeah. One, on the third day he came back, my roommate answered the door. Because I had told my roommate, I was like, do not tell that cop that I am here. And so he got a card from that officer, uh, that sheriff, I guess, or deputy. And uh, uh, and then, and the cop was, uh, was never in a police vehicle, was always riding a shotgun with some guy in a red sports car. That's so weird. God, that's terrifying. Wow. <laughs> Pretty weird. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to assume anything other than what I saw, but that's what happened. That's very bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre. Right. So in terms of, in terms of Andy, no, uh, it was just a, just a, a, a waterfall of threats of violence. Um, when I got doxxed, I, I saw some really weird documentation uh, on far right websites that said that I was a uh, what was it a a Middle Eastern Jew who was in a relationship a gay relationship with other gay Antifa members, and part of that's true. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm not Jewish and I'm not from the Middle East, but you know, <laughs> I get around. <laughs> as you do yeah no, i'm i'm nice people ask me out sometimes <laughs> um and andy you no know, also you know andy you no know, you for a while he would just put me on blast like about every like fortnightly he would just mention me and i'm not really sure why i don't know much about him other than what everybody knows but i would just come up on his twitter threads randomly and I, I'm not the only one. I, I don't think I'm special. He does that to a lot of anti-fascists. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all see the same kind of distress every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, his videos are, are clipped. I mean, we've people have debunked his reporting more times than I can count. And it's right there. But his audience is not very discerning. So, but they <laughs> are highly reactive, you know? So like when he, when he goes on and is like, Antifa terrorist XYZ did ZYX. It's just a cascade of threats. And that's really dangerous and yeah. careless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a very dangerous person. I mean, as I mean, just before this even happened to me, there were articles by actual journalists talking about how irresponsible and dangerous he is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, He's still receiving donations for his brain bleed. Like, how yeah. bad can it be, man? Well, he dropped the fruit that one time. Yes. Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the tweet. Uh, uh, I uh, yeah. every time I drop something, I'm gonna need like five thousand dollars on my GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> the beans. The beans. Oh, the beans. Uh, yes, exactly. Right. Um, um, so we uh, we wish we had more of your time. Uh, yeah, there is there is a lot more to talk about. Um, uh, that that's that's not just about me, but about this community. There's a yeah. lot of stuff I want to talk about that's about everybody. Yeah, if if you're down with it, I, I I'm down to kind of hit you up and and flesh out some of these other points because we wanted to talk about you know just like 
Yeah, how it's informed security culture and other projects that you're interested in and just... Okay, yeah, thank you so much. We'll uh, I'll be in touch with you about um, scheduling a different time to record more. So thanks for being available and thank you so much for taking the time today. Not a problem. Bright and brilliant Despite the mental illness, quite resilient Fight with wit and write this real shit volatility Low civility, don't let vulnerability Lower your agility, this moment is pivotal Crucial, critical, our opponent is intentional Brutally criminal, to be truthful Our response has been useful and pitiful Community defense happens when we control the city The old perversity, thirstily